You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We are back. And I know everyone's busy getting ready for Christmas and wrapping all their presents. And, you know, a lot of us are actually really sore right now from sitting in a movie theater for over three and a half hours. And we're here, of course, to talk about Avatar, the way of the water. It's going to be very interesting to talk about. And the second of five films James Cameron, we love you, but we got to talk. So it's going to be a fun discussion tonight. Got a great crew here to talk to us about it. Let's, of course, welcome, of course, Mr. Howdy himself, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. And he is definitely not an avatar, folks, so you can guarantee that. There is, uh, there's got to be a rule that uh, for theater owners, I mean, I know they're trying to make money. But if you're if the movie is over three hours, you cannot show 25 minutes of trailers before the movie even starts, because then you're in the hole. Like right away, you're like going, all right, now the clock's ticking, Um, you know, or you could like, I don't know why there's no intermissions anymore. Like, don't they make money on intermissions because people go out and buy popcorn? I was going to say they probably would make they would make a lot more money if they, you know, had intermissions because. People would be running out. Oh, I'm starving. I've been sitting in that theater for two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah. You know, and I know I have another hour and a half left. You know, I want popcorn. I want candy. I want a hot dog or whatever they sell at the theater. You know, or if you're lucky enough, it's some a- movie theaters actually have waiters and waitresses. You know, three and a half hours is a strain on the bladder, especially when every shot shows running water. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it didn't help. So, it did not it's help. Like, it's like, whoa, man, that's uh, that's tough. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, always glad to be here, and it's going to be fun to talk about this. And of course, we have our movie reviewer herself here, Ms. Ashley Pauls. How are you? Thank you. Always a pleasure to be back. And I'm sure you're thrilled of having sitting in the theater for all that time. Well, you know what is interesting? Normally, I my theater, I like to go see it in IMAX is my first choice. If I can't make that time work, then it's the theaters with the recliners. But I had to sit in a regular theater seat. And so this was probably the worst movie of the year to pick to do that. So I was a little sore oh, by wow. the end. But I stuck it out. So Wow. Well, I mean, let's pull back the curtain a little bit. Ashley is the reason that we're talking about Avatar The Way of Water uh, this week. Because... Mike and I were actually thinking, maybe we're not that excited about it. Maybe we should skip this one. But Ashley was like, nope. <laughs> the movie crew is needed and going into action this week. So so we hopped in the van and, and yes, uh, and uh, saw Avatar. But so, but uh, yeah, Ashley put her foot down. So we follow. That's We all. follow. So all <laughs> hell, Ashley, that we're here tonight. Exactly. Right. You do Either- not... You, 
you did not want to make her mad. Let's put it that way. Like people out there just don't understand. Like she is a <laughs> taskmaster. Like, yeah, it's amazing. You huh. can thank me or blame me, but we all saw Avatar. So <laughs> we'll find out soon how, how they actually felt. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was either this or we were going to review everything anywhere all at once. So, you know, she actually decided on Avatar instead. So, you know. So thanks, Ashley. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> so it is awesome for everybody to be here. I hope you guys enjoyed the movie. If you haven't, we are going to spoil the heck out of this one. So, you know, if you are into effects and everything, you're going to love hearing us talking all about the special effects in this one tonight. So please, we want to hear from you. Feedback at earthstation1.com. Please let us know what you guys thought of the film. Did you enjoy it? Did you not? What format did you guys see it in? Did you see it in regular? Did you see it in IMAX? Did you see it in 3D? Did you see it in 3D IMAX? So there's so many different ways that you could have seen this film. So we definitely would love to hear about what you guys thought. Of course, we want to say hi to our YouTube folks. Thank you guys for seeing us, looking at us. And, you know, we're all festive and ready for Christmas here, as you could tell, you know. As I have my menorahs in the back. So, you know, we're so ready for Christmas. I was going to say, you're like, you're like, this is the Festival of Lights time for you. Oh, of course it is. Of course. You know, as of this recording, it's what, the second night of Hanukkah. So happy Hanukkah to all my Jewish friends. And for all my non-Jewish friends, got a couple more days, folks. So keep on listening to Mariah Carey. And hopefully you haven't been whamageddoned yet. So hopefully you're all good there. Of course, if you're listening to us on audio, thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe. We would really appreciate it. Feedback is always welcome to our show. And you know what? Also, if you haven't given anyone a nice holiday gift yet, please, 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 you know, maybe think about getting the people a subscription to our ESO Patreon for as little as $12 a year. You can actually help support the ESO network. It's not too shabby, folks. And I know Patreon is always finding new creative ways to give, you know, gifts to people. And, you know, ESO is a great gift thing to do. We also have a T Public store. So if you have a time, you know, go to our T Public store, get some pretty cool ESO swag. I'm right now wearing my ESO, new ESO network show shirt up. And so definitely check it out. And it's some pretty cool stuff. And I know the designer personally, and he thanks you if you do buy his designs, which is, you know, pretty cool. So definitely check it out. And you could go to the T public store. You could just look up ESO network under T public, or if you want to go nice and easy, just go to the ESO website and, or earth station one's website, go to the top, it says T public on it. Just click on that and it'll take you right to our store. Pretty cool stuff. And I know, you know, they're promoting right now, Hey, you bought stuff for everybody else. Why not buy something for yourself now from T Public? Pretty cool advertising campaign. Pretty cool. Another great advertising campaign, as we like to say, is our friends over at Tofosi Optical. Tofosi Optical has amazing sunglasses, folks. Yeah, it's the middle of winter, but you know what? You still have sun and you have some glare and everything. Everyone needs a good pair of sunglasses in the winter. And you know what? It's pretty cool if you get from Tifosi Optical. You can custom make your own colors, your old colors of lenses. It's pretty cool. I got a pair 
about six months ago, and I got red lenses. It's pretty cool. So I could look at the world through rose-colored glasses finally. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Definitely check it out, tofosioptics.com. And they're having a wonderful sale right now. And on top of the sale prices, you can get 10% off your whole order. Just not one pair of glasses, your whole order. All you have to do is put in the code Earth Station One, and you can actually get it all for 10% off. And you can tell them Earth Station One sent you. Pretty cool stuff. Coupon code Earth Station One from Tofosi Optical, and you just go to tofosioptics.com. Okay, Mr. Mike, ready to dive into the water? Ready to take a it's swim? Time, it's time to unpack uh, the sequel to Avatar uh, that's been many, 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 many years in the making. Uh, of course, the original, many? Avatar, <laughs> the original Avatar came out in 2009. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was a thing, uh, believe it or not. It started off small. I think that the opening weekend was about, uh, it was less than $80 million uh, overall. Like, uh, that's what the, that's what, but uh, it just built and, and grew and stayed in theaters and stayed in theaters and stayed in theaters um, and has become the uh, most uh, highest grossing movie of all time uh, in North America. I'm maybe that's the world too. Uh, but uh, anyway, so, of course, there was going to be a sequel. 
And uh, nobody, nobody thought it would take this long to make the sequel. Um, but uh, I can't, in some ways, I can't believe it actually got released. I mean, we've been waiting for so long. Um, and as Mike said, it was uh, released to a lot more theaters uh, this time around. A lot more theaters. The, the the landscape of the theater-going audience and the movies have changed dramatically since the first one came out. So uh, very different. Uh, this one, is, as Mike pointed out, has been released in a lot of different formats. I think more formats, more more variety of formats than any other movie in, in film history. Uh, because you can watch it normally at, at non-3D in 24 frames per second. You can watch it on a high-definition uh, screening with some of the sequences being 60 frames per second. Uh, you can see it in 3D. You can see it in not 3D. You can see it in Dolby. I mean, there's a lot of choices. There's a lot of options. And uh, I don't – I mean, we'll talk about it whether or not – well, first of all, let's talk about how you saw it um, because maybe there's a difference and does that affect the movie experience for this – uh, Ashley, how, you said, I think you said that you just saw it in a regular theater, 24 frames a second, not 3D, right? Yes. And I feel like this is one I definitely would have gotten more if I had gone to see it in IMAX, because mm. basically the main draw of this movie is the visuals. And so I feel like as big and high quality of a screen you can get it on, I feel like is the optimum way to view the movie. Sometimes I have issues with 3D just because I wear glasses and have to put the 3D glasses on top of that. And that doesn't always work so well. So I try to, yeah, I try to avoid 3D, but um, I would be curious to see how the 3D experience would work with this one. Since I'm sure the director had a lot of the sequences with the 3D in mind. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it was, he's, he's, he's 3D all the way. Um, and so there was, I don't think any doubt, even though 3d has kind of gone out of favor, uh, for most of the film industry, but you know, James Cameron is bringing it back. Uh, uh, Mike, what, how did you see the movie? I actually am going to surprise you because I actually went to see it in 3d and I actually put the glasses over my glasses so I can watch it. And I enjoyed it that way. It was, you know, I had the reclining seats and we were able to, you know, watch in 3D. And you and I had been, Mike, you and I had been talking before we went to see the film because you had seen it the day before. And you said, you know, there were times you thought the bugs or something were out in front of you. There were times I wanted to move the vine so I could see the the characters Mm, better and everything. That's how real it looked. And the the 3D, did amazing and i think i wouldn't have enjoyed it nearly as much as i did um without the 3d so it was you know it made the movie for me so it was pretty cool yeah i uh i regret not seeing the original avatar in 3d because that was whole the whole part of the experience ashley did you see the original in 3d yes i did okay okay um, I did not. I think I waited until it was in the second run theaters or something like that. And I just saw it on a regular screen. Um, and, you know, it, it as much as, you know, I find fault with it, to be honest with you, I didn't hate it. I just thought it was OK. You know, 
I think it would have definitely been enhanced had I watched it in 3D um, because I don't think I don't think Cameron looks at Avatar as being just a movie. I think he thinks of it as an experience. So if you don't see it in 3D, it's kind of like, and which is the way he intended, it's kind of like going to Disney, going on the Haunted Mansion ride, or not going on the Haunted Man- Mansion ride, but watching it, like a, a, have someone do a YouTube video of it mm-hmm. and post that, right? So it's a lot different, you know, being in it than it is like just watching a poor copy of it, so to speak. Um, but that said, when it comes down to it, you know, great graphics only take you so far. Great special effects only take you so far. And I think a lot of people, especially me, uh, and you know, it sounds like you guys as well, um, were, uh, not that impressed with the writing, the characters and everything else, uh, regarding the first one. Um, and then let's find out about the second one as well. So Ashley going in now, I'm sorry. Did you like the first one a lot? Yeah, well, I remember when it came out and, like, there was so much hype around it and went to see it and, like, being blown away by the visuals, like, wow. I think it's when you watch it on a smaller screen that some of the more weaknesses with the storytelling and, like, the acting and characters come through. So it's definitely more of a visual spectacle. So kind of for the sequel, I was just curious to see – because special effects have evolved so much since then to see if the sequel would still manage to blow people away. If it was, there was more depth in terms of story and um, to see if basically this movie could um, kind of live up to James Cameron's ego because he's been hyping this up a lot and really wanting to do it. And nothing can do that. Nothing. Yeah, Making some comments that I will say frustrating about other um female characters in other franchises and that's all i'm going to say about that topic at this time but yeah so um was just very curious to see this kind of as a moment in film development and film history and i will say probably my feelings about the sequel are similar to the first one i mean visually incredible just like all the sequences with the water i felt like I was watching a real like live action movie. Like it just looks incredible. I feel like I'm diving into the water, you know, it's cheaper than a beach vacation. So it was nice to like (laughs) visit the ocean for a little bit. And it is just this really gorgeous, breathtaking world. I mean, if you ever get a chance to go to Walt Disney world's animal kingdom, the avatar world there, regardless of how you feel about the movies is just like, it's jaw dropping. I loved it almost as much as Galaxy's Edge, which which is oh. saying something like visually it's an incredible world, but I feel like just with the story, it doesn't necessarily have the uh, storytelling depth and character depth that would maybe take it to the next level of some of these other franchises like the Marvel Cinematic Universe Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, things like that. And um, in terms of the movie's length, I thought the movie was a bit too long. Like, I'm willing to sit through a three-hour movie like Avengers Endgame. I was glued to the screen from start to finish. Like, Lord of the Rings, I probably would have watched, like, three more hours of those movies. But I feel like for what this was, it just it felt a bit indulgent, I think. So, yeah, I, I would say if you want to go see it, definitely go see it now when you can see it on a really big screen, because I don't know that this is necessarily one that I will return to when it 
inevitably ends up on Disney Plus. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Mike, what about you? How did you feel about, uh, I mean, what were your expectations going in and, and what, what happened and how did you come out? My expectations were pretty low coming in because, you know, I've only seen the first one once and saw it at the theater, did not see it in 3D. I don't have high feelings for 3D at all. You know, I've had some pretty bad experiences with it, especially having astigmatism and having to wear glasses. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, the certain 3D really throws my vision off. And so I didn't have high hopes for this. And up until two weeks ago, we were maybe thinking about canceling this from our schedule that we weren't going to review it. But, you know, Taskmaster Ashley pretty much, you know, said, <laughs> well, good or bad, we're going to have to review this anyway. So let's <laughs> go ahead. An interesting discussion, darn it. Exactly. Don't, don't cross the bus. Exactly. You know. <laughs> when it comes to movies, we go, yes, Ashley, anything you say, Ashley. <laughs> so it's pretty much worth it there. But you know what? I'm glad I went to go see it. Um, I got to see it in 3D, like I said earlier. And visually, this is one of the most stunning movies I've ever seen in my life. It lives up to the hype. It is truly a gorgeous movie. It is, there's parts in this movie I didn't know were animated or real. That's how good it was, how, how good it was. And this is for the first time, I feel like CGI has hit the level where it blended in perfectly mm-hmm. you could you know there there's for, for years you couldn't even tell where it was you know you could tell it was an animated character or somebody behind a green screen or somebody acting it out and they basically drew did rotoscoping and drew over them and everything this you couldn't tell this was seamless and bravo to james cameron for bringing this to us for that uh story wise it was predictable it was weak it wasn't anything i hadn't seen before there was nothing that made me go oh my god this is one of the best stories ever no not far from it and i had predicted already within the first 20 minutes which character was going to die you know even you know the family and it was it was entertaining yes was it a story that I would go back and see over and over again? Oh, hell no. This movie could have been an hour and a half and I would have been blown away. It could have been half the time and I could have easily, my bladder would have thanked me a lot of times for that. And you know what? It was, I definitely think it was, it could have been easily cut in half. And so there were scenes I felt like, did we see this already? You know, and you know over and over again there was just repeats and it's like come on we got to use this budget up we got to do this we got to do this we got this extra animation stuff so it just felt like james cameron was just having you know his coming to god moment or whatever he was doing and for him it's it's beyond this is his lifestyle his life and you know what his life needs to be a little shorter. And I don't mean that badly. I think. Wow. I wow. <laughs> Faber's putting a hit on Cameron. <laughs> Maybe. No. I, and, but truthfully, I don't know if I'll be running back for a third one of these. 
or fourth or fifth. Unless Ashley tells us we have to. I was going to say, if Ashley says we have to, we have to do. (laughs) If Ashley ain't happy, ain't nobody. Uh, (laughs) Buy your tickets now. (laughs) Um, I, uh, like so many of you, I mean, I didn't, you know, the first one was like a freak of nature. Like, like, and I don't know too many people anymore, or even then, like, that were, like, really high on the movie. Um, uh, I don't know who saw it that many times or whatever. It just seemed like it was this weird thing that was the highest grossing movie of all time. But yet almost everybody I talked to that saw it, like didn't like it. Like, and uh, uh, which was very strange. I didn't see it in 3d. I waited a while um, to see it. And uh, I think I missed out there. So I missed out on the experience. And yes, in the first one, the, the story was not great. The characters in particular were pretty cardboard. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was not, is not a great experience. Um, seeing this one again, I can't not argue with either one of you. Visually, it's as stunning as anything has ever been put on the screen. Uh, it is absolutely amazing. I don't think I've ever seen, uh, I've never seen, some of the stuff I've just never seen before. Uh, I've never seen the ocean like this. You can really tell that James Cameron loves the ocean. Oh, like God, we yes. all know that. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but this movie is like a love letter to the mm-hmm. ocean um, in a way that the first avatar was not like, it was not a love letter to the jungle or the forest or anything like that. Um but this one is like, I mean, he's like, you know what? I'm going to show you like a lot of stuff. I'm, we're going to spend a lot of time underwater. We're going to spend a lot of time in the ocean. Um, and uh, and I, I, to be honest with you, um, I didn't mind it. Um, the the story is pretty much a copy of the first movie. Uh, I saw somebody online, and I can't credit them. I'm afraid because I don't I don't remember who it was. But I saw it. maybe it's more than one. There seems to be a, a like a hashtag or something going on, but. Um, that this is kind of like The Force Awakens is to the original Star Wars movies and the fact that the plot is pretty much the same, but they have different dressing on it. Like, you know, they say as far as that goes. And and I can see that but after this period of time, just like with Force Awakens, after a period of time, which has been so long since the first one has been relevant, um, I think they felt a need to kind of repeat things and sort of reintroduce people mm-hmm. to this world. Um, I thought as far as telling that story again, sort of did seem repetitive. And yet I feel like he told it much better this time. Mm-hmm. I felt like the characters were more interesting. Uh, even Sully, like Sully, I just thought was boring uh, in the first one and the second in this one, I felt like he was actually like interesting. Um, I I liked the children. I liked uh, the performances by a lot of the other characters, the new characters. Um, and I, but I, I especially, more than anything, I think in the last, like, whatever it's been since, you know, however long that, since 2009, since we got another Cameron film, I forgot how friggin' good James Cameron is as a, as a filmmaker especially when it comes to action sequences. The last 45 minutes are nothing but like this climactic action. And I was like in awe. I'm like, oh my God, this is this is something I haven't seen on the big screen or the small screen in a long time. I mean, the action is clear. 
it's crisp. You know who the bad guys are. You know who the good guys are. There's none of that close-up shaky cam stuff where you don't know what's going on. You understand everybody who and what they're doing. You understand, like, there's points where you laugh. There's points where you cringe. There's points where you're, like, you know, invested and it's intense. I just thought, like, this is... This is a master at work. You forget how good Cameron is with making these action set pieces. There are some other great set pieces, too, in the movie. But really, the ending, I thought, was just like, I was like, wow, I'm in the presence of a mastering it. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows how to tell this story. And I, um, even though, you know, it's kind of a, like Mike said, it's a predictable story. There's no real shock here. Um but what he does tell, I think he does tell about as well as he can, as anybody. Um, so I, I don't know the, here's the caveat though. Um, as good as this looks and as good as, you know, as I, I feel like he's a master, this aesthetic that Pandora has does nothing for me. I don't look at the characters and be, and go like, wow, they look really cool. I want an action figure of those. Not that it's all about merch, but you know, it, it goes to say like, I just don't like, it looks cool, but it's not my thing. You know, it's not mm -hmm. like I don't, I don't connect with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't blame Cameron for that. I mean, that's what I'm bringing to it. It just doesn't work for me. I, it's, I'm not, you know, I'm not as big on, I would not, if I was, if I was making this movie, I would not design the Navi to look like they do. Um, I just think they look, you know, odd and, and I don't, particularly they don't re repulse me but i just i'm not gaga over them as well so i think to me that's what the big um issue is with the avatar movies in general and specifically this one is that i don't really love the aesthetic um i appreciate the work and i appreciate the i mean i know it's not like you know it's not the the the, the great like big movie writing wise or whatever character wise he's not taking any a lot of chances but um i do think that uh and he has got something to say for sure i mean there's definitely if you don't come out of this movie with an appreciation of of the ocean and the life forms in the ocean and feeling awful about like the whale uh, whale hunting and the military i mean that's i mean you could see it's all over this movie and uh, in this day and age, you know, making a movie that uh, is pretty much anti-Marines, anti-military, that's pretty bold. Like, I mean, that's, that's I feel like that's going to, especially when we have the huge success of Top Gun, Maverick, this movie comes along and says, you know what, the, the armed forces, the Marines in particular, humans, people from Earth are jerks. Like, they're, they're yeah. jerks. And they just, and they colonize and they ruin everything. And I'm like, that's a pretty bold statement for a big blockbuster to make. Um, you know, does it pay off? I don't know. And then obviously this is the first one of like a bunch. So there's a lot of things that are loose and, you know, we're going to be connecting to them later. They don't pay off. So there's that element too. So I liked it better than the first one, a lot better actually. But like much of Liu, I don't, I don't foresee myself watching this or rewatching this over and over again. The experience was great, but, um, you know, in, in, in the long run, I found like it's just kind of lacking. So, no, um, I agree with that completely. The way you're saying it, it's hard to get vested in it when you don't care about what's really going on up there. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Well, I cared. I just, like I said, I didn't 
like I thought that he did pretty good. He did a lot of work on most of the characters. You know, unfortunately, the one that dies, we don't really care about it at all because we don't really spend a lot of time with them. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's kind of that's that's kind of bad, Jim. Like, you should really like, <laughs> if you want us to cry, you should really like put in the work so that we mm-hmm. know who this guy is and we're sorry mm-hmm. that he's dead. You know, because if he had killed any of the other characters, any of the other members of the family, we probably would be crying. Mm-hmm. But it's because it's this guy we don't really know. He's just a big brother stereotype. We're like, eh, we don't know. Um, Ashley, what's something else about the movie? And you can say good or bad uh, that uh, you either appreciated or did not appreciate. Yeah, I really liked all the uh, creatures introduced. I mean, seeing again, like the banshees, the flying uh, creatures, and then all the aquatic life and um the bioluminescence i mean is just like amazing i enjoyed seeing all those creatures the kind of water dragons or um i can't remember what those were called the best way to describe them but i thought it was really cool seeing those creatures and seeing how the navi would bond with the creatures and then i did like the relationship the um one of the sons had with the whale-like creature that was an outcast. I thought that was neat that they were both able to kind of like form a bond. And then gosh, like the one scene that did get me was when they hunt down that whale and the calf, like that there might've been a tear or two. I was definitely, (laughs) I was a little bit disappointed that the um, Harpoonist didn't get eaten. I feel like he deserved to be eaten by one of the whale creatures, but he did get he, his arm sliced off. And he got, yeah, he's so, pretty, yeah. yeah. He, just, justice came for him, but as soon as that scene was over, it's like, all right, this guy needs to get eaten or something. But, like, I, I was glad he got his just desserts. But, yeah, seeing all the creatures, I thought, was um, was really cool and added to the in the environment. Mike, what about you? What's something else about the movie that uh, that affected you either in a good or bad way? Um, it was interesting because, you know, Cameron definitely is a very huge naturalist. And he also, the statements he was making about the ocean, about the whaling, about, you know, how humans suck, you know, was pretty prevalent all throughout this. But truthfully, I think he's more closer to the mark about when we go off planet and what it's going to be like going to different planets and such than Star Trek or such, you know, boldly going because look what we've done on this planet. Are we going to just carry it over? And, you know, I'd love to say humans have become, will become highly evolved and quest for peace and everything like in the Star Trek universe. Um, but I have a feeling they're going to be more like what we saw in this, you know, how Earth, they even said in this, Earth is dying and we are trying to find a new place for humanity to live. But we need, we can't have these, you know, they call them barbarians. This is what we did to the Indians. This is what we mm-hmm. do to any. Oh, that's, yeah, that, that's all is, over this movie. Oh, yeah. This is what we do to any indigenous people. And, it's crazy like that. Um, a true shout out I wanted to give for this movie has to go out to Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was awesome in this role because she was the young girl. Two roles. 
Yeah. <laughs> She's in two she, roles. Yeah, exactly. She she plays her, you know, herself in the live action, but then she's also her daughter, which is pretty amazing. And she did an awesome job, you know, and I would say her character was the one that was the most fascinating to me, not just because she had an epileptic seizure and kind of reminded me of my wife, but um, just, it was just interesting. Her character was interesting. Her character was different than just everyone else. And I actually appreciated that. And I liked that a lot. The other thing I did like also with this, I liked the difference between the woods creatures and the mm -hmm. uh, aqua creatures, you know, how their build, their, they evolved depending where they mm -hmm. were living and everything. And I, I thought that was awesome. And, you know, that was, that was a neat little touch. I, uh, I concur, uh, with those performances as well. I, especially with Sigourney Weaver as uh Kiri, I thought that, uh, that, that was pretty cool. And I think that, you know, that this is just the beginning of what we're going to see from her. If I, I'm, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next movie or whatever, how going forward, she's like a major like center of the movie. Um, She's going to be the Jedi of the character. Yeah, <laughs> she might be. Yeah, she might be, you know. Um, but uh, um, I do think that some characters got got a short deal, um, particularly uh, Neytiri, mm -hmm. uh, played mm -hmm. by uh, Zodi Solana. Um, I, she's like a major figure in the first movie, but in this one, she kind of takes a back seat and kind of just sort of, you know, just responds to whatever Sully wants to do. And I thought that was kind of weird. Um, the only part that she, I really appreciated was after her son dies, man, she goes into primal rage mode and just starts kicking ass. And I was like, wow, this is, I mean, but it, she was so full of rage um and and yet so skillful at it like she doesn't just like attacking to attack although you know whether or not she was really going to kill uh what's his name i'm not really sure like i mean who knows right if he was gonna uh spider right if he yeah. was gonna if she was gonna like really kill him um but uh i mean i always appreciate her and i hope that next in the next you know whatever that she has a bigger role as well and she's not just i actually thought that um, I was kind of surprised. I actually thought that Sully might die in this. Mm -hmm. Um, cause to me, he's like maybe one of the weakest links. And I'm like, well, maybe like he should go like, you know, like, um, but I think they, you're, I think they had too many kids cause they couldn't really focus on all of them. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think, like I said, the, the oldest one, the oldest son, uh, yeah, the oldest one, the firstborn, he's the one that gets a short shift, uh, character wise. And then he's the one that dies and we just, we just don't care. Unfortunately, we just, it's not enough. We're just like, when we're sad, but it's like not enough. But uh, yeah. What is something else, uh, Ashley, about the movie that, uh, that affected you? Good or bad well, again? Well, just um, the idea. I'm always intrigued by movies um, that play around with the theme of legacy. So you had like the original characters and then now you have the next generation how are they going to live with that? How are they going to live up to it and carry it on? So I was kind of glad that they uh, chose to focus on um, the children, especially since the movie itself to 
takes play um was released so long after the original so i feel like it makes right. sense to like have i'm kids, glad it wasn't right? just like jake and Terry doing their thing again like we have kids <laughs> now so and also i will say as a parent this movie stressed me the heck out how many times the kids just like wandered off got kidnapped <laughs> went exploring got into danger and like no one was supervising them so that that one girl is like, I've been tied up again. <laughs> I know she's like, <laughs> it, uh-huh. really, it really stressed me out. But um, yeah, so I I thought that focusing on the kids was a um, was a smart move and made the movie a little bit more interesting than if it just tried to like recycle um, the main characters. Yeah, yeah. Mike, what about you? What's something else? Oh, something else that I'd like. I love the scenes between the middle son and the whale. I thought those were just awesome. They were both outcasts. They both mm-hmm. felt like they were, you know, nobody wanted them around. And I loved how they bonded. And I thought it was even pretty cool, you know, when he went into the mouth of the whale and got to see what was in there. Yeah. And that was beautiful. It was truly, truly beautiful. Um, old spider is an idiot, um, for saving his quote unquote father. Uh, right. it's like, yeah, oh, it's like, mm, oh, I'm sorry. No. You think that's going to come back on them? Yeah. You think you that's going to like, there's no, no redemption arc. I don't think there, I think he's going to come back and cause problems. Oh, you think? I don't yeah. know. I feel like he, we are going to get Latin and one that we couldn't have gotten with the original character. But it seems like because he's Navi now and he did show, like he did hesitate and did kind of like care about Spider, even though he doesn't have to. uh, I think they're opening up a door there that I would not be surprised if by the third movie they're working together. Maybe because, you know, the family's going to eventually have to find out that, you know, Spider did, you know, save him. Yeah. And I, I mean, think, that's going to be an awkward conversation. Oh, you think? Yep. I thought he was dead. What happened? Um, I, uh, I, I say he's back. He's back. Yeah. It's like, how many of these clones do they have? You know, <laughs> so it, yeah, that kind of stuff was, I think that was, <laughs> it was like, it was like so predictable. It's like, oh, there goes the, the third one. Okay. You know, so I didn't think it was all that great. And, you know, like I said, I, I could have written the script, you know, with a monkey and it would have probably been better. <laughs> wow. I would not be that harsh on it. I like I think it was better than the first script, uh, the, the script of the first one by leaps and bounds. Uh, but talking about Spider being a dumbass, I think like Sully is dumb. Like, oh, that my family is causing problems with my tribe here in the woods. I'm going to let's go stay with some people that are in the water because trouble won't find us there. Like, I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> like, like, I can't believe like the, 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 the village that they, they didn't weren't kicked out immediately. Like, no, 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 no. They're looking for you. Yeah. So like, it's we, like, are yeah. Not, we are not going to harbor you, you know? And then sure enough, they come around. It's like, Oh, you know, although it does, you know, it's just another example of, of like, you know, those, those tribes that like, well, it's not happening to me, not 
yet. Like it will. Like people like this, colonizers don't just stop. Like they don't just. And Cameron gives us not one, not two, but three reasons for the humans to just totally decimate Pandora. I mean, we have the, um, what is it called? Unobtainium from the first movie. Yep. Uh, and then we have this, uh, this fountain of youth, this elixir that can prevent, like, stop you from aging um, in this movie. And Earth's dying, so we need a place to stay. So there's three reasons that uh, humanity has to come and just decimate, decimate. Uh, this yeah. this planet. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of curious. I'm like, what is James Cameron's answer to stopping this? Mm-hmm. Like, how, like, you see what they're up against. I would think that, you know, I would say that their uh, their options are not good as far as like what and in the end, you know, you can make win a battle here and win a battle here, but they're just going to keep coming. They're just going to keep mm-hmm. coming. And I, I don't I don't know what he's got in. I'm kind of curious as to see what Cameron has in mind for this this end game of what how you're going to be able to stop this. I don't think he has an end game. Truthfully, oh, he I, does. He's already made like he's already working on the next two movies. He has oh, I, no, I think he just wants his, his stories more and more told. And I don't. I think he's he's just making it up as it goes along. Throws it against the wall and goes, "Okay, let's try that. You know, let's try that." You know, that's what writing is. You just make stuff up as you go along. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I I don't know. I mean, I mean, he's got the, a plan. I, I mean, I think does. that's clear. I, I so. think that's clear. It feels like he's got a plan in this because he's got so many things that he leaves open for the next one. Mm. And he's already, he's filming the back, like the other two back to back. So, mm. I mean, now it, what, what's going to be really interesting is if this movie doesn't do very well mm-hmm. um, or as well as Disney wants, uh, is he going to get the opportunity to make those movies? Uh, that I don't know. But uh, he's made it pretty clear that this is his thing, Uh, that if he's not making this, he's not making movies at all. Like he's done making movies. This is the only thing that he's interested in doing. This is the only story that he's interested in telling. And so, I, I mean, Cameron's like too good. Like we've seen his work before. We know he's not just like, you know, I mean, as Ashley pointed out, he's brash as hell. Like, you want to talk about a guy who doesn't give an F. Like, it's sort of like his brashness is on the one hand is disarming and kind of like not cool at times. But I kind of have to admire the fact that here's a filmmaker that doesn't have to like he feels like he doesn't have to answer to anybody. Like, he can really do whatever he wants. Now, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm, yep. Um, so, um, all right, so we're probably getting ready to sort of wind this up. And I just, I do want to ask you guys, because I, I, you know, I think, Mike, you already said this, but are I, are you w- willing to continue with the uh, Avatar uh, films as they come out? I mean, we do know that there's at least two more coming out. Uh, are you on board with those? Are you going to wait and see? Or are you done? Ashley. I will probably end up going to see the others just because these seem like event films like i 
may not end up watching The Way of Water again, but I feel like it was something that was interesting to go see in the theaters just in terms of sheer visual spectacle. I'm really curious, like you said, to see where he takes the story. I would like to see more parts of Pandora. We've seen the jungle. We've seen the ocean. Like Next up, desert. Right, I was I was thinking, I was thinking about thing. that in my mind, like <laughs> it's time for desert Navi now. But I would just like to see more like areas of the planet. And it was cool to see the aliens that populated the different parts. So I would like to see um exploring more of that world and definitely like kick it up a notch. Like what is going on back on Earth? Like why are people leaving? You know, Ooh, what is the main plan? Is there like disagreements back on earth? Is everybody gung ho? Like we need to leave earth and take over this planet. Are there people that disagree or feel differently or are things so bad? It's kind of like a post-apocalyptic wasteland. People are just trying to survive. I think some of that would be interesting to kind of incorporate in, or if there are more humans who want to take kind of their journey, like Jake Sully did, they want to become Navi. I think there are interesting threads that he could drill down into. So I would like to see him expand a little bit more from the type of story he's told and maybe dive into some more of those unique threads. Uh, It's it's interesting though, too, because you still had the scientists who were left behind yeah. They were helping with Jake and the family and everything. Yeah. So mm-hmm. not all humans are bad and everything. So you right. might get someone like that, you know, like, hey, if people on Earth actually found out what was going on, they might not be so thrilled about what, mm-hmm. the, what, the, what they're doing. And just possibility thinking, wouldn't it be kind of cool to see what would happen, you know, if they showed with one of the movies, they go back to Earth and show what's actually going on there. Something like that. And, you know, maybe Jake goes back to Earth somehow or, mm. you know. Yeah, that would be interesting. And he, so he's the fish out. Yeah, the, the, the Navi on Earth. Yeah, exactly. So it's just an idea. So does that mean that, like, these are things you want to see and you're in? Or, you like, because you acted like you were done. Unless you know, dude, every one of these movies, I feel like I'm done, and you know, and then Ashley says we're doing it, so I say, I'm sorry, <laughs> we just get pulled back in. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, am I going to watch this movie again? No, not at all, because even watching it at home, I don't think would capture the effects as well no. on a big screen TV. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would ca- capture the feel of it, and the story wasn't worth me watching again. So. No, I wouldn't come back to this one. Will I see the next one? You know, I like a car wreck as much as the next guy. So probably, you know, you know, if Ashley says we're going to watch it, we'll still be doing this. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll be there. So we'll check back again in another like 10 years and see if Avatar 3 is it's been <laughs> finished. <laughs> touche, touche. Uh... One last thing I did notice that I appreciated that Cameron did is he seemed to reference almost every single one of his past movies in this. There was a a scene that reminded me of Terminator. There was a scene that reminded me of the abyss. There was a scene that reminded me of the whole last act reminds me of Titanic. Like, like there's a lot of like, and I know he's doing this on purpose. Like he's, this is not just something, I mean, he's not stealing from himself. He's just kind of looking, he's doing this just because I think, I think he knows that people want the familiar. 
you know i mean if you use the the star wars trilogy or the saga as an example like how many people loved force awakens and how many people hated last jedi like mm. if you mix with around with the formula people like really get antsy and and mm-hmm. don't like that at all um so i don't know i don't know i'm kind of curious to see where he goes from here i look at this as being a reset this is like i'm going to like the first movie was what it was but i now that you know it's been a long time instead of i'm going to remake the first movie and to make it better and so and then we'll go from here so i'm kind of looking at it that way uh hoping that he takes more chances um and um you know there are some characters a couple of characters here that i do i am invested in i am interested to see what happens to them so uh overall i i think i'm on i am on board and but yes, as you guys pointed out, um, if it's not in 3D, um, you know, then then he's going to have to really beef up the storytelling mm-hmm. uh, to a level that because uh, he won't be able to sort of lean on use the the experience aspect as a crutch, you know. Uh, so, but I mean, I think he's going to keep pushing stuff as well. He's going to keep pushing the technology. There's a lot of stuff that didn't exist until he started mm-hmm. making this movie. Um, and so I think that'll continue to happen as well. It'll be really interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. We don't know and what the end result of the box office for this one's going to be. It's the, the, the weekend was not amazing. It wasn't huge. It was like 130 some, I think, million domestically. And then like, I don't know what it did worldwide, but it was, it, I mean, it was it big. Almost it was made almost 400 million or worldwide. over four. Yeah. Worldwide. So it sounds made impressive. its money back, but it's no, it didn't. It hasn't made its money back yet. Cause it, it, it would, it would cost like it, it would have to make like over a billion dollars to make its money back at this point. Uh, Cause they put that much money into it. Like mm-hmm. it's wow. like they, um, I mean, they've been working on it for decades. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, I think that, uh, you know, whether or not it has word of mouth and people go, um, a lot of people want to go see it on a, on a big, on a, the best screen possible. So obviously they can't all see it at once on that screen. So is it going to just like taper into like people going every weekend, more people, more people, more people, um, in a steady, um, but the weekend box office is impressive, as Mike said, unless you like compare it to uh, Doctor Strange, which actually beat it, you know, in every mm. way, both worldwide, the worldwide weekend and the domestic weekend, both uh, beat what uh, Avatar Way of Water did. So, like, that's not what they wanted. <laughs> the, one, the one plus they do have going for it, though, is Christmas is coming this weekend. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so they're going to have you know people who go traditionally go to the movies on christmas and over the cup because it's literally a four-day weekend for a lot of people because a lot of companies Mm -hmm. are closing friday and monday because of how christmas is hitting and so you know there people are going to be going to the movies all throughout the weekend so there a lot of them probably are going to go see avatar this weekend Mm -hmm. so Last uh, last question to you both. I mean, when we did our summer movie challenge, this was not our radar because A, it wasn't in the summer, and B, we didn't ever think this was going to come out. Um, but now, now that it's out, now that you've seen it, what do you what do you predict how well it'll do? Will it beat 
like not obviously in the next couple of weeks because that's too short but and it's run will it beat top gun maverick will it become the biggest grossing movie mm. of uh that was released this year or will it sort of just kind of fade what do you think ashley I know whatever I pick, I'm going to be wrong, but I feel like it's not necessarily going to catch Top Gun because I feel like it's longer. So theaters have less uh, show times of it. It um, again, like you mentioned, we're in a different um, environment than the first movie. I feel like we're in a world now that's dominated by like the MCU by streaming, I think it will do well, but I don't know that it will necessarily do as well as Disney was kind of hoping it will. Yeah, I don't think anybody, I don't, I mean, they hope probably, but I don't know if Disney actually thought this was going to be the next, like, biggest grocery movie of all mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Um, that's the, that's kind of hard to predict, but um, at least for the year, they kind of hope, right? Um so, uh, Mike, what about you? What do you, do you think it's going to make it or do you think it's going to die off before it kind of reaches Top Gun Maverick? I think it's going to beat Top Gun Maverick, truthfully. And Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think it's going to, with the hol- the two holidays coming up and, you know, a lot of people, um, want, want entertainment. They want escapism right now with everything that's going on in the world. And the only thing that's going to probably hurt, possibly hurt it, um, the U.S. is about to get hit with a lot of bad weather and a lot of snow further north and everything. And that's going to keep people home. So people might not be going to the theater. And truthfully, it's not getting a lot of great word of mouth and everything. But I think in the long run, you know, I think the Asian markets, I think um, a lot of the European and, you know, South Asia and such are going to push it over the edge. I think it's going to, that's how it's going to beat it, but I maybe not here. I don't know. I, I don't know what the situation is in China. So I don't know if this is going to be, a lot of things aren't being released in China uh, this year. So I don't know if this is going to be one of those things or not. And I, but I do think, I think the thing that we don't know, or I don't know anyway, that is going to, if it, if it has a chance to beat Top Gun Maverick, they can't just put this on Disney plus in two months. Yeah. They have to wait and say like you, if you want to see this, you need to go to the theater mm-hmm. um, and see it. Cause it is an event. You need to go find a great theater, see it. And then maybe next year, by this time next year for Christmas next year, we'll have it on Disney plus. Agreed. Um, because that's the only way I see that even has a chance because if people know, people are so used to now, just wait a couple months, boom, it's there. Mm-hmm. Black Adam is already on Disney, uh, is on HBO Max. I mean, they they they're releasing these things sooner and sooner. Um, so I I don't know how much pull Cameron has as far as you know. I think if it was up to him, nobody would be streaming this anytime soon. But it'll be interesting to see what Disney mm-hmm. has to say about that. So it's a different world cool. than he's used to. It is so. Well, very cool. Well, it has been great talking all about this. It's cool because I think this is a movie that all of us had a little bit of a different take on, which is not, you know, sometimes we don't usually uh, feel that way about a movie. But this one has certainly divided the crew in a way that uh, I don't know if I expected. So um, very cool. Um, 
I think uh, we are going to take a break, right? Is that right, Mike? Oh yeah, breaks are good. We're going to close. Point. We're going to take, breaks and then we're going to close out. on the show. Yes, we're going to close. We're going to close out the show. Okay. is a cigar nerd welcome to the cigar nerds podcast it's the only show where two guys smoke cigars and talk about nerd culture do you like movies games comics sci-fi pop culture and beer do you like science nerd news explosions for no apparent reason then this is the show for you it's like being in a nerdy cigar shop but for your ears check us out at cigarnerdpodcast.com So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. We want to thank Ashley for joining us tonight. It's been awesome. And it's because of you we got to do this wonderful review. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I enjoyed the discussion. This is one of those movies that I figured, regardless of how it turns out, it there's it'll be an interesting discussion. It definitely was an interesting discussion. And it's always fun having you up on the station. Anything you want to shout out about? Yeah, um, I just wanted to give a shout out uh, a slightly smaller movie coming out in the next couple of weeks that I'm interested in is A Man Called Otto uh, starring Tom Hanks. I have not seen the movie, so I can't vouch for it, but I have read the book um, that it was uh, inspired on, uh, inspired by, and it's a really charming story about a man who's very grumpy and wants nothing to do with life, but then ends up bonding with a family in his neighborhood. So it's just kind of a fun, feel good story, really great, funny book. So like I said, I don't know how the movie's going to turn out, but the uh, book it's based on, um, I believe it was originally a Swedish novel called a man called Uve, but it's, it's worth checking out if you get a chance to. That is awesome. That is really awesome. Um, it looks interesting and you know, Tom Hanks, you know, is, does interesting projects. It's not, he, you know, for a bit, it felt like he was doing the same kind of film over and over yeah. again. And I think he's starting to take chances and such. So I'm, I'm very curious about this one. It does definitely look mm -hmm. interesting. And thank you for everything you've done for us for the past year. And for the last couple of years, we do appreciate it. And I know how Thanks. tough it is, especially going through a move and everything. Yeah, the uh, 2022 uh, was quite the adventure. So I'm looking forward to things settling down, hopefully a little bit next year. And I can actually like watch some movies and TV instead of packing and unpacking and painting <laughs> and ripping up flooring and all that good stuff. So that is awesome. That is awesome. And Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend. We didn't. As always, it's my pleasure. And it wasn't even that hard pulling teeth for this one. So, you know, yeah, as much as I, I thought. Know. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Uh, I do. Uh, for those people who are listening to the podcast and not watching us on YouTube, um, one of the things that we talked about just for the, the video uh, viewers uh, was a film that I want to give a shout out to because uh, it was amazing. I went to the movies twice uh, theater actually twice last week and uh, I saw Avatar which I liked but um, man uh, and Spielberg's new one The Fablemans is is an amazing experience um, 
it is not a perfect movie. It's a little, it's long as well. It's not three hours. It's a little over two. Um, but it, (laughs) but it has, uh, it has some of the most emotionally honest scenes that I think Spielberg, Spielberg has ever done. Um, it's got a sequence in particular that hit me really hard on a personal level. Um, and, uh, in my opinion, it's got the best celebrity cameo of the year. So, uh, I strongly recommend checking out the Fablemans on the big screen as, as Spielberg intends. Uh, it's not 3d or, you know, it doesn't have 60, uh, frames per second and frame rate or anything like that, but it's a solid movie family movie um uh yeah it's a little bit about based on uh on on spielberg's life but uh like all good stories it's it's quite the fable so um uh definitely check it out it's one of my favorites of the year that's awesome that is truly truly awesome i'm looking forward to it because that's gonna be my christmas movie so it should be a ton of fun to see uh, for me, um, Judy and I have been doing some more TV watching other than, you know, we talked to, we're talking next episode, we're talking about Wednesday. So we wa- finished that series, but we also got caught up with the new Quantum Leap series on Peacock and NBC uh, for those who still watch uh, terrestrial television. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch the new iteration of it and how they're tying the mythos of the old series and with the new series and they've had the first eight episodes have shown already and it's going to be coming back i think in january or february for the rest of the first season and then they've just announced that's coming back for a second season that it's been renewed so very awesome bravo to the crew it's awesome seeing you know the gentleman who's playing ben as the lead um and you know him, his memory coming back, and you know all this different stuff. Because part of the initial concept was that Sam Beckett, you know, went through time, but he never really fully regained his memory during it. So that's why he couldn't figure out how to get back home. And so this new f- version um, deals a little bit more with what's going on behind the scenes, back where the character Ben um, was is going through time, and. You know, they're trying to also play with the mystery of, you know, where's Sam? You know, what happened to him? So it's going to be very interesting where they go with it and how they do with it. And total thumbs up for the series. And it's the first eight episodes have been a lot of fun. And there's been one or two mind-blowing things in it that have, you know, made it really interesting. And it makes it really curious to see where they're going with it. So definitely worth checking out. Uh, speaking of checking out, join us in our next episode because we are going to be talking all about the new Netflix series Wednesday. So it's going to be a ton of fun. Ashley will be back to join us with that. And it should be a ton of fun to be able to do that. But of course, we couldn't do this without you guys. As we always like to say, thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We couldn't do this without you. You guys are our bread and butter. You guys are our family. You guys are the reason we're doing this. We're talking, having a great time and everything. We want to hear from you guys, of course. Please write us anytime at feedback at earthstation1.com. Remember, you could also find Earthstation One wherever fine podcasts are found, including now up on YouTube. You know, hi, everybody up on YouTube. We see you. We love you.
We Hold see on. you. We see you. We really do. <laughs> Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. We definitely would really appreciate it. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Ms. Ashley Pauls, and Mr. Mike Gordon, thank you for joining us. Please stay safe. Have a wonderful Christmas, and we will see you on the other side. Peace, and we are done. Bye. Hope you got everything you wanted for the holidays. Bye. Miss you. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.